This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Now uh, we had done chapter twelve of the Uddhav Gita till verse twenty. So today we are going to continue from verse twenty one. This is Uddhav Gita chapter twelve verse twenty one. Non injury, truthfulness. freedom from theft lust anger and greed and or and an effort to do what is agreeable and beneficial to all creatures this is the common duty of all castes yesterday what we had done was the differentiation of the caste and the ages at which every individual has to go through different stages of life like the student the grahastha that is the householder after that the retired person and then the person who is a sanyasi today we are going to do certain amount about sanyasa so this is a sanyasa yoga which krishna is recommending how it has to be done i understand most of you are i think 99% of you are not sanyasis so it may not be applicable but knowledge is important so let us hear it as far as these four stages of concern every individual is supposed to do non injury that means you should never hurt any person in life in no way whether by action words or deeds never hurt any individual whatsoever it is not important how that person reacts with us or how we are supposed to react we have to be at all points in time very kind to this person there are individuals in this world who may not be good they may have ill feelings or they may do something which is bad to you but as far as you are concerned you have to maintain non injury always be truthful now truthful always translates into something which doesn't hurt another individual truth is a very relative term what is true for us is not true for the other person but we have to rely on our truth not on somebody else's truth if you know that you have not taken the money if you know that you have not said anything wrong then you just have to say yes i said these things truth is important and what is it that you have to say please understand there are versions of truth there are many versions of truth the same thing can be seen by 10 different people as 10 different forms of truth <clears throat> understand this there is an example which is given by Ramakrishna Paramahansa he says that there is a person who is going from the jungle he sees a yellow color creature another person passing from there sees a green color creature then another person sees red color then some other so they all ask the person who was sitting under the tree what is the actual color of that animal that was there the small creature that was there so he says it has got various colors so what you saw at that point in time was that color is they call it the chameleon you know 
the creature that is there it can it can change its colors so whose truth was right everybody's so but truthful truthfulness means never hurt another person sometimes you may have to keep your mouth shut you don't have to look at that person and call him an idiot when you know he is an idiot some people act foolishly you don't have to say you are a foolish person no you don't have to tell that truth <laughs> the truth which is important is not a harmful one got it the next one he says freedom from theft never rob anyone you may say i have never robbed anyone how do you know that the property you might be staying on may belong to someone else and that someone else you may not even realize it maybe your forefathers had grabbed land how do you know so you don't have to bother so much about it and that is the reason why it is not important to rob anybody from whatever that they have we should have freedom from lust anger and greed now these are the three main problems in our life human beings are very lusty even if a man is old or a woman is old lust is something which never leaves a person they get so involved in lusty desires that it becomes very difficult you know for them to control themselves i am sure that desire can be controlled that particular desire has been given only for the creation of the next generation not because you have to use it for the pleasure all life long no you see god gives different different kinds of you know tools to us to enjoy for a certain amount of time he may give us hearing proper hearing for a certain amount of time after that a person may become deaf you will find that the teeth fall out there is a time when the person is very young they can chew certain things they can bite certain things but later on that ability goes away now why has god given us this kind of a thing it is because it's not necessary for an individual to eat that stuff hear that kind of a thing or smell it people lose their sense of smell people lose their eyesight like i'm wearing glasses i can't see further up or closer so i have to have these two now when i am saying this god has given that ability to see things far away for a certain reason so there is a reason but later on when you lose that ability there is a reason why that god has not given us that ability so i hope you understood so lust if there is a lust given to a person it is for procreation purposes only ramkrishna paramahansa used to say that once you have one or two children 
After that, you have to live with your wife or your husband like a brother or sister. You don't have to have any relationships with that person. But that is never understood. People think that, oh, it's a pleasure that I got to have throughout my life. That is the reason why I got married. No, that is not the answer. So I hope you understood. God gives us this ability for only a certain amount of time. Later on he takes it away. Anger. Now anger is controllable. Yes, people will say that there are certain glands which overreact, which uh, you know, a lot of these hormones keep on releasing. You can blame the brain or you can blame anybody that you want. But let me assure you one thing for sure. This anger is controllable. You can control the anger. You can actually control all brain activity as well. You may think, how can I control my brain activity? I myself are at the mercy of my mind, you see. I cannot control anything. But no, I am sorry. You can control every part of your brain if you wish to. You can have specific things which you can do with your brain. You can train your brain in a particular manner. Have you not heard of the placebo effects? When a certain medicine is given or a non-medicine is given, and if he is told that we are giving you certain medicine, the person believes, oh my God, I have been given that medicine and immediately the person gets cured. Whereas they have just given nothing, maybe a vitamin tablet or maybe even, you know, saline water, that's it. It doesn't make any difference. But the brain thinks, okay, I am getting cured and the brain cures you. So these are very important things that you need to remember. So anger is controllable. You don't have to get angry at all. You can definitely be at peace at all points in time. The control of mind happens first when you can control your lust, greed and anger. So we come to the third one which is called greed. You have seen the effect of greed on everybody. Those who are greedy lose everything in their life. Absolutely everything. Those who have become so greedy that I want bigger and bigger salaries, I want bigger and bigger houses and I want larger and larger properties. People who feel that, you know, I need to own this and I need to own that. You see, the properties are not yours for taking. You can be an owner only for a certain amount of time. There are very beautiful places in Mumbai and Hollywood and various other places, you know. We have heard stories where an entire building has been bought by some person, some big superstar. And then the superstar becomes a poor man. And then what happens to the property? Some Tom, Dick, Harry, John comes and takes it. 
we are just hearing a case of a chief minister of a state who died. And there was a very big dispute going on with the property. Finally, the, go the court has ruled that over 600 crores worth of property has to be divided between the nephew and the niece. But there were so many people who were vying for it. So do you understand, even if you are greedy, even if you think you can make money and you can keep it in the banks, how many cases have you heard in the last so many years where people have literally, you know, been dragged back, put in jail because of that, the greed. People were so greedy that they kept on investing and investing and investing and investing. Today in the morning I was reading about a person who has become so world famous because of the recipes that they are posting online that now they are thinking of starting a chain restaurants. Well, your job is to post recipes. So post them. No, but we need various streams of money coming in from everywhere. So we are going to make pickles and this and that and so many other things. Alright, so then what happens? Your mouth starts widening quite a lot. And then a day comes in your life when somebody comes and gives you one small you know, box on your face and your mouth will then shut down. This is how this universe is. There are companies which thought no end of themselves. We are becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Just a small two-month problem. Now it will be running in the three-month problem called coronavirus. Shut down massive industries, massive departmental stores, huge malls. Everything has come to a standstill. Restaurant chains which never, no, they never could think end of themselves. They thought that they are invincible. What happened to their invincibility? Superstores, bigger and bigger stores, they were brought to their knees. So greed is never good, please understand. So, always give up these three problems in life. One is lust, anger and greed. Always do things which are agreeable to mankind. Words which flow from your mouth have to be very, very good and kind. You have to speak a very sweet language. There is no necessity for a person to trash another person, to say something bad about another person. Krishna says this, that we have to make efforts to do what is agreeable and beneficial to all creatures. Our job is always to see to it that everybody is benefited. No exceptions. Does the sun make exceptions? It shines on everybody, isn't it? The rain pours water on everybody. It doesn't say, you know, okay, I'm going to do this only. No. So I hope you understood. Nature works like that. You have to work exactly like that. So now, these were the duties for all castes. Now we are going towards what is called sannyas mark. The path of sannyasa. How it has to be tackled. 
वी आर डूइंग चैप्टर ट्वेल्व उद्धव गीता वर्ष ट्वेंटी टू ऑनवर्ड्स द मार्ग ऑफ संन्यास रिसीविंग एन ऑर्डर द सेकेंड बर्थ नोन एज द सेक्रेट थ्रेड सेरेमनी अद्विजा ट्वाइस बॉर्न should live in the house of a teacher with self control and summoned by him should study the vedas all right now this is something which is meant for people who have complete dispassion of this world a person who really wants to become a sanyasi when you have total dis dispassion and you are completely detached there is no need to even interact with one family member one friend one relative any place no friends no relatives nothing 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 such a person who wishes to be alone only thinking about god for that kind of a person this particular verses are there now when a person gets the order now when does a person get the order the order doesn't come from some individual some human being doesn't give an order god gives the order god gives a feeling inside of you and it says you can give up this world you don't have to be a part of it when that intensity of the feeling comes to a point where you cannot even stay in this world for a minute that is a time the order has come to you from the divine so when that order comes what are you supposed to do you have to find a guru the guru is an important tool for us sent by god it is god himself in the form of a guru who appears when the urge is so high remember this when the urge is so high think about an arab who is there in the desert he is riding in the sand a bedouin you know i'm sure you have heard of bedouins when a bedouin is going on the sands in a desert and he becomes very thirsty at such point in time his need and urge and the requirement for water is very very high he may not have a drop of water with him at that point in time god shows him an oasis oasis is a water body in the desert hmm? so he shows oasis to this man a guru is exactly like this oasis in the sands of this world where you are going traveling in your life you come to a point when nothing seems okay to you you have got complete detached from this world you do not feel one with anything you feel that you need to do something really very strange that is a time you take up this very important job 
of becoming a sannyasi. And God sends you this oasis on its own. So the Guru appears. And when the Guru appears, what does he do? He takes you under his wing. The moment the Guru takes you under the wing, he re-Christians you. I'm using an English word. Please understand. Re-Christianing. Christianing is an English word. <laughs> but whereas India is concerned and whereas a Guru and a Shishya is concerned, he will see to it that your past is completely wiped out. So what does he do? He takes you in his fold, gives you a new name and an identity. When he gives you the new name and identity, that is the time you are called twice born. In our normal world, it is said that when people have the thread ceremony, they are supposed to go from normal life to this mature life. I am not talking of that. I am talking of sannyasa. Krishna is talking about sannyasa. So when the sannyasi comes in, his entire past is wiped out. He may have to shed his clothes. He has to shed his old identity. He has to remove his hair. Body hairs and all are removed. You will come to know about that. And this teacher, this guru, then takes him under the wing. Gives him a new name as if you are now born again. And he is supposed to live in the house of that teacher. The teacher, the guru normally has an ashram. Ashram is a place where you take refuge. It's called an ashraya. Taking refuge. An ashram is normally in a jungle or in a very traditional place. <laughs> in a city there can be no ashrams. This is a place for material worldly people. So even in my case, I have been living only in cities. I don't have an ashram per se. So we have to treat it like that. So that is the only reason why we call it like that. So now think about it. An ashram is a secluded place far away from anybody. The reason is, I told you, detachment and dispassion. If you have all the movie theatres around you, all the fancy eating places around you, if you have everything that is available, you have your relatives next to you, you have your mother, father, brother, sister, husband, wife, everybody, children, so many things around you, do you really think you can ever become a sannyasi? Single pointedness towards God is never going to come in you. You have to be far away. Yes, there are certain techniques which we have to follow. So I will tell you as we progress. So he should live in the house of a teacher with self-control. The self-control has to be quite a lot. That means just now only we did about self-control. 
lust, greed, anger, all these things have to be finished back there in the city with your parents or husband, wife, whatever. You cannot carry them with you in this new life as a twice born. Initiation happens. Initiation happens where a new name is given. Maybe a Khan Mantra is given to you. But the Khan Mantra is not important here. Here you are going to have a new life. So that is what we are talking about. So Krishna says, you should live in the house of a teacher with self-control and summoned by him should study the Vedas. That means in the life of the person, he is under command of the Guru. If the Guru says sit down, you have to sit down. If the Guru says stand up, you have to stand up. What it simply translates into is till you do not surrender to the Guru, nothing happens. No changes will happen in a person. They are still their old self. If you have an iota of anger coming in, if you have little lust remaining in you, if you have even a little greed in you for anything, then you are not suitable for being a twice born at all. Twice born is a very serious business. Please let me tell you. In spiritual world, to be a twice born is the highest thing that a person can achieve. Alright, so we will move to the next verse. Remember, these verses have been written many, many years ago. There are certain modifications that have happened. So I am going to tell you what those modifications are. Because in today's day and age, it is important to learn how we can adapt for current state of being. That means in today's day and age, there are certain things which you cannot do. Like killing of animals and you know taking their skins, that is not an allowed, that is not allowed anymore. There are no deers to be killed, no elephants to be slaughtered. Don't you dare do that. Never do that. Okay, so we are going to read what happened in the past. But I will adapt you to the current age. So we are doing chapter 12 from the Uddhav Gita. This is verse 23. He should wear a girdle, deer skin, rosary of Rudraksha beads and the holy thread and carry a staff, a water pot and some kusha grass. He should wear matted locks, must not wash his teeth and clothes and never use a painted seat. <laughs> Corrections over here. You have to brush your teeth. Don't say it was written so I am not going to brush my teeth. Yes, if you want to become a tiger or an elephant or a lion, then you, <laughs> then you don't brush your teeth. I don't know anybody would like to brush the teeth of the tiger. Okay, so understand. This is not what you got to do. You got to brush your teeth. <laughs> so in the jungles, what is available? You may not have fancy brush over there. You may not have a fancy toothpaste over there. What are you supposed to use? You see, there is a neem plant. Neem plant is there. When you use the small branch of a neem plant, take a small twig, you know, a twig. Chew it. Okay? And then with that, you can brush your teeth. 
that's a very healthy way those who can brush with the neem they will definitely have good strong teeth even at the end of their life in a city you don't find neem trees also <laughs> so what do you do <laughs> so yes i in my case i use neem toothpaste i have no choice i can't be having neem you know <laughs> so yes of course now i can't have matted locks matted locks are not required at the moment after this buddhism came into the picture when buddhist become you know sanyasis in their world when they join the monasteries and all they shave their head completely you don't the reason why you are supposed to shave your head and not bother having any you know hair on your body is simply for one reason that you don't have to care to comb your head properly <laughs> you don't have to put some oil or some kind of a thing inside your hair you know if you have long flowing beard also it happens you know you want to keep on doing like this or maybe you want to do this to your hair so those things which are basically connected to the material world have to go away so when they shave their head completely you are not bothered about it because naturally you have become bald you know <laughs> no hair so that is the way you have to do now let us start from the beginning you have to wear a girdle now in today's day and age there are no girdles available okay so <laughs> yeah girdle basically translates in this as a langot a langot is a undergarment okay and it is it used to be i think more than 6 7 8 feet long <laughs> so anyway that is not available currently so you can wear simple undergarments all right deer skin don't please sit on any deer skin you are not supposed to <laughs> you can sit on a simple wooden platform or you can sit on something which is slightly high above the ground okay it is only for safety purposes rosary of rudraksha beads if you have rudraksha beads nothing like it if you don't have you can use tulsi beads you know the tulsi hmm? tulsi beads how you have to create the tulsi beads is very very simple phenomena i will tell you when there is an old plant of tulsi what you do is you cut off the stems all right cut off the stems in this much small small bits small small bits and the stem has to be thick and old if it is thin it is going to wither so thick old stems you cut off and you make small beads out of it you can make beads out of this huh? after drying them thoroughly dry the stems thoroughly cut small pieces make beads out of it drill a hole in it make a small hole in it okay and tie 108 of them 108 that way you can make it wherever you are with a thread right round it so at the last point you keep two beads and tie them up going upwards hmm? so that is basically called the meru you don't have to cross to the other side you can google it if you want to <laughs> right so rudraksha beads may not be available all over the world so rudraksha is out of question yeah of course amazon can get it delivered to you that's a different story 
The holy thread. Sometimes people are supposed to wear the holy thread. The holy thread is worn by human beings. I mean men when they get that Upanayana ceremony. Basically the thread ceremony they call it. You can wear the holy threads. Today's day and age the threads get lost very fast. There is a very great story behind the threads. I don't want to go deeper into it. So okay. Carry a pot. A water pot and a staff. Why is a staff required? In olden times, a staff was required because people, when they tra- traverse through the jungles, they just used to tap. When I used to go to the jungles when I was a kid, I used to roam around in the jungles. And what I would do is I would carry a stick with me. By the way, that stick had a double use. It was a concealed weapon. There was a sword inside it. <laughs> you don't have to have a sword inside it. So you carry that stick and just tap it. When you tap it on the ground, whatever creatures that are passing in front of you, they run away. They are scared of you. Please remember this. No snake, no animal will come near you. Just tap it and make a little sound like that, you know, on the ground. Tap it. They will all run away. The stick is meant for just letting the animals know I am coming through this path. Sometimes as the person becomes old, then the stick is important for walking purposes. You see, normally you can't see. You know, the old people, they have a difficulty of seeing and adjusting to the environment around them. So they carry a stick. <clears throat> Till last year, I I could walk just like that. But this year, I have to carry a stick with me because I can't see if I am stepping down. So there is a difficulty which I face. And that is the reason why you carry a stick with you. Like that, carry a stick. In some places in India, they have Dandi Swami. Initiation happens and a stick, a rod is given to them and these are called Dandi Swamis. That is a different kind of a person. Now they carry water pot also. Earlier water pots were made of gourds. G-O-U-R-E, gourd, you know. A vegetable. A dried gourd. But nowadays you can carry metal pots. So it's not a problem. And some kusa grass. Kusa grass may not be available so much. But you need a small seat. Nowadays you can use a small seat made of jute. Or maybe cotton or something like that. He should wear matted locks. I just now told you there is no need of matted locks. You can just shave your head. That's it. So these are certain things. And the person is not supposed to sit on a painted seat. Painted seat will have a little bit of, you know, likes and dislikes for the person, isn't it? That is the reason why it is it is said that you don't need those kind of seats. Right. So we have finished that particular verse. So we will move to the next one. This is chapter 12, verse 24 from the Uddhav Gita. This is a verse which you should listen to carefully. He should observe silence while bathing, eating, offering oblations to fire, repeating the mantra and answering the call of nature. He must not pare his nails nor cut his hair in any part of the body. Now, what is mentioned over here? Think what is being said. Observing silence is very, very important. When you stay in an ashram, an ashram atmosphere has to be peaceful and quiet. 
not much noise should be around. There should be a lot of peace around. Silence is extremely important. You don't have to actually talk. Because the more you open your mouth and jabber, 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 you are a material worldly person. A material worldly person loves to speak. Today's day and age, what has happened? People are confined to their houses. They have to become quiet forcibly. But still, they have the cell phone. They have methods of talking. So they keep on jabbering the whole day. In spiritual world, we keep silence. Silence is so very important. In Buddhist monasteries, I have seen people anywhere between 3 to 5 years go in complete silence. They don't speak. There are certain other places where they teach vipassana and other type of meditation techniques. Yes, you have to observe silence. And it is not just silence from your mouth. Silence of your mind is equally important. There is no need to speak out. So observing silence while bathing. You see when while bathing most of the people are thinking of singing songs. I am sure you know they call that person a bathroom singer. I am sure you have heard of bathroom singers. Shut your mouth. Don't sing. <laughs> Especially if you are going to have bath outside no, in the open. I am sure you don't want to sing. You want to finish your Bath fast and run away from there. But nowadays nobody has bath outside. They have it in a closed place which is, yes, keep your mouth shut. Keep your mind controlled. Don't have to talk. Don't have to open your mouth at all. No words should come out of it. So have peaceful bath. Then eating. When a person is eating, go jabber, jabber, jabber again. They are, they are, the mouth is running twice the speed. One is eating and the second one is talking. There is no need. You don't have to do any of those things. Keep quiet. When offering oblations to the fire, when you are doing some kind of a puja, part or some kind of a, you know, yagya and all that. When you are offering, you don't have to talk. There is no need. Repeating the mantra or when you are repeating the mantra, don't look around. Hey, can you get me a glass of water? No, you don't have to say those words. Keep your mouth shut and just do. Maybe just do the mantra. Maybe you are doing it in your mind. Just do that mantra. You don't have to keep on looking here and there. Okay. Oh, straighten that thing out. Okay, do this. Do that. <laughs> no, no. Mantra is a mantra. Your mind has to be on God alone. That's it. Answering the call of nature. Nowadays, answering the call of nature is a very important act for people to read their Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and all those feeds. You see, people carry their phone in the toilet and then they want to keep on reading all the things and they post in the toilet. It's not needed. <laughs> there should be silence over there also. He must not pare his nails. Now, it is important to pare your nails. Nails are carriers of dirt. So just spare it. Yeah. Carry a small nail cutter with you. Nor cut hair in any part of the body. Well, it depends on you. 
सो दीज आर सर्टन थिंग्स विच अ पर्सन इज सपोज टू डू मोस्ट इम्पॉर्टंट वर्ड ओवर यूर इज साइलेंस सो ऑब्जर्व साइलेंस राइट वी मूव टू वर्स ट्वेंटी फाइव this is chapter 12 uddhav gita verse 25 he should observe strict brahmacharya that is continence and never make any conscious lapse if he accidentally is impure he should have a plunge bath in water and after making pranayama repeat the gayatri now this is an important thing which is to be done now in men and in women lust is a very very important word now when a person becomes lusty what does he do if he is alone people indulge in various kinds of activities which are not to be done there is a reason why this is important what is the importance of this every ejaculation or every throwing out of a certain part you know from the body constitutes a large amount of spiritual energy being drained off from your body in a specific tantra yoga people use this urja energy which is there in the male and the female for the purpose of reaching what is called as realization and every time when you throw this thing out of your body you are actually throwing out a lot of spiritual stuff from your being please understand one thing this is a very important thing in the world but nobody is going to give you detailed explanation of this unless and until you have a very you are actually studying the subject or if you are into that particular method understand this activities like masturbation and all have to be avoided so continence is extremely important going on the path of spiritual nothing should divert your mind no activity whatsoever people in the material world when they join ashrams in this material world here they are basically doing it so that they can meet people from opposite sexes and they can exchange their numbers and all that that is not a good thing buddha himself declined this in the beginning he said that no women will be allowed in my sangha but when his mother joined he had to create a separate cell for the women this is the reason why when a lot of your energy goes out this way because of incontinence it goes out even in dreams it is not healthy science will tell you otherwise we are not discussing science we are talking spiritual language over here it is not a good thing 
a person should observe strict brahmacharya not even thinking of the opposite sex in any which way no way not even one lusty thought and should never make any conscious lapses not even a fault consciously or subconsciously no fault there should be no throwing off of any things from your body understand this no need even if he is accidentally impure that means what we call as you know nightfall sometimes it happens because it operates at a subconscious level you should have a bath in water now who is giving this knowledge krishna is giving this knowledge to uddhava he is saying what a true sanyasi should be like he is not talking about people who are fake so here in this world if you are on the path of sanyasa please understand this is an extremely important thing to do right you have to take water take a bath cold water bath and then practice pranayama pranayama is to be done because the prana prana is the purification it is a purificatory ceremony that you got to do purificatory rites you have got to do and repeat the gayatri mantra the gayatri mantra i'm sure most of you know about it has to be repeated you have to do it in the 108 108 pattern right we move to verse 26 chapter 12 uddhav gita verse 26 of mornings and evenings after attending to cleanliness he should silently repeat his mantra with a concentrated mind and offer his worship to the fire the sun the teacher cows brahmana superior old people and the gods this is an order in which you got to offer so when you are doing the mantra jap the mantra jap has to be done many times in a day so mornings and evenings at the time of twilight early morning before the sunrise and after the sunset this is the time when you do the mantra jap first you have to repeat the mantra with a concentrated mind that means you got to be completely in sync with the divine only one pointedness with god when you are doing that first offer it to see the way in which has to be offered the sun the fire the sun the teacher your guru cows brahmanas superiors old people and then the gods so this is the sequence in which you offer these mantras to them right now we move to verse 27 from 12th chapter of the uddhav gita now this is an important verse listen to it he should know the teacher to be my own self and never disregard or look upon him as a man for a teacher represents all the gods the guru is exactly the divine himself there is a very beautiful verse which says gurur sakshat para brahma guru is himself the para brahma the divine has taken a form of a guru a true guru is a person who is 
absolutely pure. So such a kind of a person, now please understand, he is to be considered as Krishna himself. The Guru is an Amsh, a part of the divine. So Krishna himself. And should never disregard him or look down upon him as a man. He is a man. He appears as a human being. See, understand this. If there was some creature who is trying to teach you, do you think you will think of him as some guru? No. <laughs> so, the God comes in the form of man only. It is a human being. The human being will teach you. Now there is a very strange way of people's thinking. Now let us say in the past there were great gurus from the past. Now these gurus used to dress very peculiarly. Their body appeared in a particular manner. They may have flowing beards, maybe long hairs and wearing orange color clothes or some kind of, sometimes they never wore any clothes. Earlier, this was like that. The gurus were like that. The guru is a human being. Don't think that that guru will going to look like somebody else. No. This, if you have a guru, this guru has a unique appearance. And that is the appearance you are supposed to be bothered about. It is not some other appearance. Many a times people start having these great ideas that Sai Baba, one of the saints, will appear today. Jesus Christ will appear today. Okay? So is he going to appear in his old form of his? Please remember the form which was drawn by some people like Leonardo da Vinci or all these. These are imaginary forms of Jesus. Likewise, you might have seen a picture of Sai Baba. Sai Baba is not going to appear if he is again becoming a guru once again. He is not going to appear in that form. And somebody who says that I have taken the form of Baba or something like that, please don't do that. Don't get, keep on falling for it because there is no such thing. Why would Sai Baba want to come and give you some answers like this. So please remember one thing. The sages, the sages and the saints that we are talking about, the gurus, alright? The gurus, they come from a lineage of gurus. They have their own domain space. In the heavens, they have their own domain space. They come as a part of the knowledge which you are supposed to get. So they are knowledge incarnate. Don't go by their appearances. And please remember one thing. 
if narada has taken multiple forms he might have taken multiple forms but in every form of his he was different we just attributed to him that's it but the divine taking a form is a different story when krishna himself takes a form that is a different story altogether so remember this then when a guru is there in front of you he has a particular human form only so don't think of him as an ordinary mortal it is the lord himself who has come in that form so the teacher is my own self krishna says this and never disregard or look down upon him as a man never do that for the teacher represents all the gods he is the epitome of all the gods put together gods means all these deities that are there so all these deities that are there he is one representing all of them so now we will go to the next one yeah i think we have time for one more so this is chapter 12 verse 28 of the uddhav gita in the morning and evening he should bring doles of food or whatever else he may have received to his teacher and eat what he orders him to with moderation now a sanyasi's life is like this he goes out to beg food when he goes out to beg food whatever he gets he offers it to the teacher everything is offered to the teacher whatever the teacher offers him back later on is all that he gets to eat he may say you know i don't get to eat so much <laughs> all right so i hope you understood how this food has to be distributed in modern ashrams nowadays the food is created in the public canteen there's a big canteen of theirs where they create it okay now same food is offered to the guru the guru blesses the food and then everybody in the ashram eats it this is the way how it is to be done sometimes the food is in lesser quantity it does not really matter what comes your way you have to eat it in this i have to give you one understanding if there is a specific time when you are supposed to eat when the food has to be offered to the lord whether it is morning afternoon evening night whenever the food is offered it has to be at a specific hour only you cannot exceed that time limits food offering is an important part of the day it's an offering so in the offering you have to do it in a particular manner in my place over here in this ashram over here we have specific timings in the morning so morning time for breakfast is around 6:40 to 7:15 that is a timing that has to be observed lunch time will be 12:30 to 1:15 and evening time though i don't have dinner but people can have dinner 
at 8 o'clock or so. So evening beverage time is around 4.30 to 5.30. Any time when that during that period can be taken. So this is all that is required. So specific timings have to be maintained. Specific simple food has to be served. This is the way in which an ashram is supposed to be. So I have given you an understanding of a modern methodology and the ancient one we have just read out. There is no need of begging today. Many a times in olden times people had to beg. Some parts of the world like say for example Burma, Myanmar as they call it and Thailand and some other countries people go out to beg for food. In today's day and age that is not needed at all. So food can be prepared. Simple food can be prepared and it has to be taken after offering it to the Guru. The Guru will then say now it is to be offered to other people. Now, this is a method in which you have to do. So these were the kind of things which sannyasi is supposed to do. Yes, there are other things also which is a behavioral pattern of the sannyasi. We will do it in the coming week. So I will take your leave. You have a very good day and take care of yourself. Bye.